Hi, I'm Tara Gold. You're joining me at home. At home refers to being at home within oneself, within the world, and at home with spirit. This podcast is raw and it's real. It's sometimes panel style, and it's always shared in a conversational style. Join me here for holistic lifestyle tips that really make a difference with scholars, medical professionals, scientists, cultural creatives, and artists that share through their lens. What all these conversations have in common is that we're all dedicated to empowering and inspiring each other to cultivate inner wisdom and also to share it. Welcome home. So I'm here with Miranda McPherson, who is an author, educator, spiritual teacher, unapologetically feminine in her approach to understanding divine cosmic energies and how to live an embodied, um, awake life with a state of grace that is that is weaving through all of it. And uh, you've written several books and you have other other things that you're offering besides workshops and retreats that are incredibly um, accessible. Some of them are free and uh, many of them are free actually. And uh, some of them cost something but they're so worth every word and page. <laughs> what are the name of your books again? Uh, the Way of Grace, mm-hmm. Transforming Power of Ego Relaxation, mm-hmm. Boundless Love, uh, Meditations on Boundless Love, and my most recent offering is a card deck called Cultivating Grace. Uh, so it's an inspirational card deck about how to help access inner peace, clarity, and joy in the spiritual path. So I'm all about just helping people really bring deep spiritual truth into their life so that they can become more graceful and grounded human beings in this world. And surely in this world right now, we need a lot more of us to become deeper, wiser, clearer, more grounded, more real, more graceful human beings. Absolutely. So everything that I'm about is about helping give people the resources and the tools for that to be possible. And it all happens through a practice that I call ego relaxation. I have to say, I was really intrigued and drawn to that when I first heard about you, because um, I've always heard from many sources in different traditions to annihilate the ego, right? Right. We want to destroy the ego as right. if it's this really nasty, negative part of ourselves. And I've just even hearing the words softening is such a different way yeah. of relating. Right. Well, the quintessence of what ego relaxation is about mm-hmm. is softening, opening, allowing your experience exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. In other words, cease and desist the usual trying to rearrange you know, trying to get over your ego, Mm -hmm. trying to control or contain your ego. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, but in all my years on the path, and I began in in deep spiritual work as a teenager, Mm -hmm. and I know you did too. Yeah, I did too. And I sat and really studied people who seemed to me to be kind of humming off a very deep level of clarity and wisdom. Mm -hmm. But I have yet to meet a human being that has been successfully able to annihilate their ego. And what does ego mean in the way we're yeah. talking about it too? Well, I think ego really is your your structured pattern self. So if we look at that on the level of the phenomena of ego, every human being can't help but begin their life experiencing who they are 
and what reality is through the lens of separation, mm -hmm. right? We come into a human body and it seems like where our body ends and where some space or another body begins is me and not me. And so that's a paradigm of separation mm -hmm. that all the great world wisdom traditions remind us that's the, the foundation of ego. Mm -hmm. I am separate from life, nature, you, the divine, everything that is, mm -hmm. okay? And of course, we all start that way. It's not wrong. The fact that we all start that way in our ego developing into a personality structure, mm -hmm. which is when ego is more like psychological layers, mm -hmm. our conditioning, the beliefs we've formed based on our early experience. Identity. Yeah, our sense mm -hmm. of self mm -hmm. and our beliefs about reality and all those defenses that we develop to adapt to our early environment. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not wrong. When you look at that for what it is, you go, wow, my ego is pretty genius, really. <laughs> it's like, and we see Clever. this in young children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, they learn this gets the result of this works. So this makes it easier. Or we, and it's profound when you can come from, come to look for that through the lens of love and appreciation and understanding. Mm -hmm. It helps us to not demonize the parts of ourselves that are limited and do have, you know, patterns and that aren't necessarily so graceful that we do need to deal with mm -hmm. in order to evolve spiritually and as people mm -hmm. in the way we relate to life. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, you know, you try and hack away at that and I think it makes matters worse. It can easily become if that's, it can easily become inner violence, absolutely aggressing on ourselves, mm -hmm. on our humanity yeah. in the name of spiritual awakening. Absolutely, right? Yeah. So you and know, I think of it often, and I'd like to run it by you. Yeah. As um, as a layer of one of our aspects of self. Uh huh. So it's like, like I mean, there's, and I think about this often in in yoga traditions and with the five koshas. Right. This idea that we have more of denser physical body. We have energetic body we have emotional body we have um more mind oriented self and then we also have um, divine consciousness all all kind of layered upon each other right and, and interacting with each other and, and influencing yeah. every layer right so i think i'm not sure exactly where ego lives in that but it feels like ego is kind of wrapped into that well i kind of think of ego as if you look at what you're describing mm -hmm. i would label that like a human soul yeah right Mm -hmm. and all the layers of a human soul, but that our ego is the part of our soul that got patterned mm -hmm. and has become more fixed and uh -huh. dense uh -huh. and heavy. And so it's, it's not, we're not experiencing ourselves in our transparent essence. And so we don't have the fluidity and the freedom to respond organically, authentically, in a fresh new creative mm -hmm. way to what this moment is bringing. His ego represents our patterning and our conditioning. Mm -hmm. And all ego can do is repeat the learning of the past that, by the way, happened between the ages of naught and seven, and then push hard to try harder to make that work. Mm -hmm. But when we understand it was only ever a workaround mm -hmm. based on a premise that when we go deeper, we see isn't actually true. Mm -hmm. When we go deeper spiritually, the whole sense of the 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 totality of I am separate breaks down. Yeah. For example, you know, we have a deep unitive experience, whether induced by deep meditation retreat or psychedelics or anything else. Ritual. That ritual mm -hmm. that actually comes apart and all of a sudden you experience 
while my physical location might be in this form and this time, and we understand that's also holy and precious, mm -hmm. nevertheless, we're not bound or limited. We can feel our soul, our essence, our consciousness as what is inhabiting and overflowing the body mm -hmm. that is interconnected with the plant kingdom, mm -hmm. with every Animal. other living being, yeah. Yeah. with the pulse of unfolding creation itself. Yeah. And when we experience ourselves that way, it's magical and beautiful and our humanity is really ennobled. Skyrocket. Yeah. But yeah. let me come back to your question about what is ego, because there's yeah. two more layers. Okay. There's also the energetic, so I said phenomenological, the construct, I am separate, right? Mm -hmm the psychological development of ego into personality, mm -hmm. then there's the energetic layer. Hmm. Looking at ego energetically, mm -hmm. it's contraction mm -hmm. and bands of tension. Mm -hmm. Physically, so we, literally. Physically, yeah. yeah. So like, I'm sure you've had the experience. As our listeners would, you can go to a massage mm -hmm. and you've got the same old tight spots mm -hmm. that a massage therapist might be able to unwind and then 10 minutes later they're right back again mm -hmm. and snap back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what is that? Yeah. So every time we had to contract in the development of personality, there's an equivalent kind of tension in our breath, mm -hmm. in certain parts of our body, in our neurology, mm -hmm. in our brain and the way that that develops, in the, the neural, neural pathways, pathways. Yeah. in our nervous system. Blood level. Right, and so tapestry. this is where I'm sure what you know yeah. with traditional Chinese medicine mm -hmm. understood this, mm -hmm. right? Ayurveda understood Ayurveda. this. Native American cultures. Right. You know, South American cultures. Exactly. Got it. And so this is also, to me, part of the more holistic feminine understanding mm -hmm. of spiritual awakening mm -hmm. that includes the physiology mm -hmm. as part of the holiness mm -hmm. of who and what we are. And so we must then as we learn to relax rather than try to annihilate our ego, mm -hmm. you know, as we learn to, instead of push past, aggress on, say this shouldn't be there, if we don't do that, but we open towards whether it's a band of tension, whether it's a feeling of grief, whether it's, oh, I'm not breathing very well, whether there's a vulnerability, whether there's an insecurity, if we don't judge any of that, mm -hmm then it can start to open up and reveal itself and we can understand ourselves and what has us be how we are that might be less than as free as we'd like to be yeah but we can come at that from love and for me that is quintessentially a feminine paradigm is coming at how we work with our limitations and patterns from a place of love mm -hmm is actually just more effective. Yeah. You often use in your writing and in your teachings the word grace, which I see synonymous with the word love. I don't know if you do. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely one of the primary currencies. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand grace as our direct experience of divine presence. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, although that term is a bit lofty and people sort of think of it as, you know, oh, <laughs> you know, heaven's coming out. It can be like that. Mm -hmm. But we can also just go for a walk in nature. And when we really slow down and come into our own presence enough, mm -hmm. we start to see, wow, these plants are sucking in my carbon dioxide and giving all of us back clean, life-giving oxygen. Mm -hmm. 
and a press release is not required mm -hmm. from me or you in order for that to be the way it is. Mm -hmm. And when you really let that penetrate not only your somatic experience, but when you really take that in with your heart, how can you not feel the grace that is alive in nature just the way it is? Mm -hmm. And so when we experience the blessing of existence, and then we feel how deeply loved we are, not necessarily by a person, might not necessarily be coming in the way we wanted or hoped, but that there is this immensity of blessing and goodness mm -hmm. that is foundational, that if we learn to open ourselves to, gives us the possibility to relax. And I noticed you just spontaneously took a deep breath. Right, because we're talking about what is a yes <laughs> well yeah but it's also it's every day and every moment mm -hmm. and available only we're usually not recognizing the choice what it is we're yeah. actually yeah. within and part of and always held by yeah. that does not require us to believe anything so it doesn't require a religion mm -hmm. it can be experienced through a religious or particular lineage or framework and if that works for a person then I'm all for it mm -hmm. but we don't need to have that framework we actually need to pay attention and look more deeply mm. and look with the openness that comes from love and then we start to see wow anytime the seas of my consciousness open up it's grace that makes that happen I want to ask you, Yeah. love is such a loaded word. Yeah. It means so many different things to different people. It's taken me a lifetime to realize how different that word can mean to different people, mm -hmm. depending on their experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, for some people, even hearing that word or stepping into that brings them right here with their biggest pain mm -hmm. or fears mm -hmm. or um, sense of that's not possible for me mm -hmm. but it, I know it, I believe it exists but I'm not sure I've even experienced all of what that is yeah well and, maybe that's so but I would argue that we've all experienced some love or we we wouldn't even be here where we are because our, our, when you strip away all of your defenses and judgments and then ask that spiritual question that Ramana Maharshi made famous who am I mm -hmm. Most people feel my nature is love. Mm -hmm. My but, basic nature, yeah. underneath all the hurt and the dissatisfaction yeah. and dashed hopes and confusions, when we really go deep into our own heart, mm -hmm. love is there. We have a visitor. And it can't not be there. <laughs> uh -huh. Because that is the nature of the heart. Mm -hmm. And again, all the great mystics have understood this, mm -hmm. but we have to go towards our own heart. And of course, for most people, as we go towards our own heart with interest to see what's here, where am I, you know? If there's pain there, then we will meet that pain. Mm -hmm. If there's disappointment or loss or grief, then we will meet that. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the big secret, is that everyone wants to get to what they think is a state of grace. Yes. But grace is only available when we be, as you know, it's only available through where we are. 
through being through being right mm -hmm. where we are mm -hmm. and if where i am is okay i feel sadness mm -hmm. if i feel disappointment mm -hmm. if i feel a sense of unfulfillment mm -hmm. well what if we could soften open and allow that experience and honor that experience completely mm -hmm. well that my friend is love <laughs> because any whiff we've had of real love where the love is not conditional Mm -hmm. where it does not ask us to be somewhere anywhere other than where we are it does not ask us to be anything other than how we are even if how we are is i'm fucking pissed off mm -hmm. or i'm hurting mm -hmm. or i'm confused mm -hmm. or i don't know what to do okay what if we soften open and allow that that is love truly that opens I mean, up the experience of love as you said that i was reflecting on moments or people yeah they just come like flashes in with the old story uh -huh. where it's um yeah where if i could just have a moment of presence with yeah. someone where we just recognize what is and it's not black and white good or bad right, right. Well, there's just, no judgment yeah no judgment and beyond duality right. and just in this presencing Yes. you know an acceptance right and, and that opens up that is an experience yeah. of unconditional love and, grace. and 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 our soul can like just breathe and decompress yeah because it we know our soul is profoundly homeostatic mm -hmm. just like our bodies mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know you break a bone the doctor you go to the doctor they immobilize it mm -hmm. who does the healing the doctor or the human body yeah or the relationship of what occurred yeah but the, my point is that yeah. the healing happens because humans have this amazing ah. chip in them mm -hmm. called homeostasis gotcha. right where the body has the natural intelligence mm -hmm. to figure it out and repair itself if provided with the right conditions mm -hmm. and every you mean you know this you know all these wonderful systems of healing that have come out of the east and the west mm -hmm. have that understanding yeah. well my point is that our human soul is homeostatic also has that function I, so I it knows that. how to release trauma mm -hmm. it knows how to discharge mm -hmm. stress yeah. and tension it knows how to let go mm -hmm. only often yeah. we've lost our we've become so far apart from that natural intelligence mm -hmm. and we're not trusting it mm -hmm. and so we're trying to control and change and manipulate and fix our experience and the biggest mistake i see most people on the spiritual path doing is they have some conceptual idea of how do i get to a state of grace right or how do yeah, i get up that how ladder do, right and they're, and they're not it, they're, it's completely false because they're not even understanding what grace is or how it unfolds because mm -hmm. the grace can only come bringing forth what is needed whether that's release mm -hmm. or healing or bringing alive an essential quality like strength mm -hmm. that might bring forth the capacity to say what we need to say and do what we need to do in a no-nonsense real way mm -hmm. with our kids, mm -hmm. with our husbands, mm -hmm. you know, with our colleagues, mm -hmm. in response to the challenges mm -hmm. of these times that are asking us to be more real and true. And that's not always easy. No. So sometimes the grace brings forth wisdom and clarity and capacities that are needed mm -hmm. in that moment. We, um, you and I spoke about, um, at one moment earlier, uh, archetypes or tendencies in different traditions to highlight different aspects of the feminine or of states of, um, 
again, archetypes, I would say, that take on religious significance or philosophical significance in cultures mm -hmm. that are used as guides or entryways for people to understand these energies mm -hmm. or these, these ways of embodying these concepts. Mm -hmm. um, for me, and I know this, you've mentioned to me before many times, that we've both been drawn to Hindu, Buddhist um, uh, aspects of culture that, are, that live deeply in, in grained in India. Mm -hmm. you know, we both mm -hmm. had times in India that were really life-changing. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping you could speak about that for you personally, because for me too, as someone that's strongly identified as being a woman, mm -hmm. um, it, I went seeking from a young age to find versions of the feminine I could relate to. Yeah, me too. I mean, I wasn't necessarily consciously trying to do that at the time. But now when I look back, I'm now in my mid-50s. Mm -hmm. So when I look back at the young woman that I was, you know, part of what my experience coming from my childhood and my culture in Australia was that there was very little mirroring for my inner being and who I intuitively felt I was. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't anybody's fault, you know, it's just that that mirroring wasn't there, right? So I had to kind of seek for it. And, you know, that was back in the early 80s. So at that time, there weren't many women or many female manifestations of where I intuitively knew I wanted to head, which is full-bodied enlightenment, like living a full, awakened life here on this plane, like increasing the traffic between the realms, mm -hmm. like living it in life, which I now understand is a very feminine emphasis. Hmm. Like a lot of the masculine traditions that we've all really been working off because up until very recently, there really weren't many female spiritual teachers kind of offering their wisdom and yeah. given the platform and the support. And who do you think of when you even consider them? Well, for me, as a young woman, I went, I found Mother Mira. Mm -hmm. and, um, and this was when I was like 22, 23. And I know there's been controversy around Mother Mira and I now, view that just because someone might have a tremendous realization and embodiment that doesn't necessarily mean they're a done deal right and so i don't i don't need someone i look up to to be a done deal in order to appreciate what it is that they're offering and bringing forth yeah. so for me as a young woman it was very profoundly helpful to go oh Oh, and this is a woman who didn't speak words, but she offered darshan in silence, in the, which is very traditional in India. A lot of it doesn't come conceptually. And the, the deep feminine is actually non-conceptual, mm -hmm. right? So often the, tra it, the transmission, it's a transmission, which mm -hmm. is energy, an energetic delivery, an energetic communication that goes into us directly beyond coming through conceptual learning. And here in America, this is, I've lived all in different parts of the world. This is the most conceptual place in the whole world I've ever been to. And what do you mean by that? Well, everyone gets the lingo, you, you know. Living from the mind. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, let me grok the lingo. Oh, yeah, I've read this, I've read that. Good, I know that. No, that doesn't mean you know anything. Right. It just means you've read some spiritual books yeah. and you think you understand the concepts. But that does not mean that you are living it, that you are deeply kind of in being, letting that wisdom make love to every part of you yeah. so that it becomes how you are. Yeah, yeah. 
And to me, that's what embodiment is. Yeah. I mean, things like yoga can help it, mm-hmm. right? And that certainly helped me when I was younger on my path. Mm-hmm. was learning to get out of my head and get deeper into my actual present moment experience mm-hmm. and let the organism clarify, refine, and open up. Mm-hmm. And again, all of these body work things, you know, systems that have come out of, you know, Chinese medicine, Qigong, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. Tai Chi, mm-hmm. yoga, mm-hmm. breath work, all five rhythms, five rhythms, you know, these Reiki. more Western things. But mm-hmm. these are all things that can be very helpful, were yeah. helpful to me. Mm-hmm. But it was when I was sitting with women who were embodying something that was not conceptual, mm-hmm. was just, but it was so direct and so powerful that I kind of viscerally went, oh, okay, mm-hmm. and now I understand. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be heading. And it set off a process of me then, a very devotional process of, okay, what needs to be cleaned up? Mm-hmm. And for all of us, there's a big part of evolving as a person and evolving spiritually that involves a pretty significant cleaning up. Cleaning up, yes. Right? Cleaning house. Cleaning house. And it does, it's not over in a year. No. <laughs> right? I mean, you have to face your anger, your hurt, you know, your beliefs, your upsets, your anger, your frustration. You know, the fact that, you know, there's usually a pretty big gap between where you want to be and where you actually are, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why when you come back to the classical, you know, virtues that appear and appear and appear in every tradition, you see, oh yeah, humility, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) right? Humility, because once you start doing the cleanup, you realize, oh my goodness, there's a lot more that needs to be faced and unpacked. (laughs) and loved and understood <laughs> and forgiven than I had any idea about. And any humor. Humor, exactly. <laughs> but that to me, humor comes the more you forgive yourself. Yes. And you can see honestly, oh yeah, you know, your ego structure. Mm-hmm. And yet you know that doesn't represent the deep truth of who mm-hmm. you are. But it does represent the patterns that you fell into. Mm-hmm. And it's like the three H's, I'm just thinking can't help but have that conceptual part of my yeah. Western mind. Yeah. Because humility, humor, and heart. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I have a whole part of the, the work on the relaxation that you haven't received yet, because yeah. it's earlier than before you were around, ah. was, you know, the pillars of awakening. Ah, I don't really know this part Trust, of mm-hmm. love of the truth, mm-hmm. curiosity, mm-hmm. non-attack, humility, willingness, and patience. Can you say that again? Trust. Yeah love of the truth mm-hmm. so i'll take you through them we need to cultivate trust mm-hmm. in that the fundamental nature of reality is love and goodness mm-hmm. and that we can trust it mm-hmm. and that obviously is huge because we all have plenty of evidence for the contrary mm-hmm. we've all experienced the impacts of being on the receiving end of others ego and the unkindness we've all had imperfect holding Mm-hmm. in our early life because our parents were human beings rather than enlightened beings mm-hmm. right and so we've all developed mistrust i mean our ego is a specialist in mistrust mm-hmm. and we've also developed mistrust of our nature mm-hmm. of our own inherent goodness mm-hmm. distrust of our own inherent intelligence mm-hmm. right so and then of course we've developed interpersonal trust mm-hmm. 
and that's okay. Sometimes there are many people who aren't very trustworthy. So we also need to discriminate the difference between trust and naivete. Yes. They're not the same. Yes. So you hear a lot of people new age say, oh, just trust. Well, sometimes it's wiser not to trust. Yeah, yeah. Right? So this is where love of the truth comes in. Mm -hmm. So we also need the love of the truth to see what is the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to, that love of the truth, because there are things in ourselves that we have to face. Mm -hmm. We have to face our own bullshit. We have to face our own self-deception. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to face ourselves honestly, honestly, mm -hmm. right? Not where we want to be, mm -hmm. no, where am I actually? Mm -hmm. Right we now. Need, right now. And we need to face when someone gives us feedback, mm -hmm. not just to, you know, be defensive about it, but to be willing to look at, well, is there any truth to this feedback? Is there anything that I'm being asked to see or learn or let go of here? Mm -hmm. And we need to love the truth that sets us free, the capital T truth, and to trust the truth. So again, the trust and the love of the truth interact. Mm -hmm. And then we need to bring in the curiosity, mm -hmm. because the curiosity helps us open and helps us to take the beautiful bhavana, the right attitude of openness to, and, but also it brings optimism alive. It makes us, it brings our aliveness forward. It means that we can learn from any experience, even our mistakes. Right? So it, it helps us to become what A Course in Miracles calls the happy learner. Mm -hmm. Happy to learn mm -hmm. from life. Mm -hmm. right? And then we need the non-attack. Mm -hmm. So non-attack is often is it leads into a very big conversation about what is either called the inner critic or the superego that often we don't realize how we're attacking ourselves with our own judgments. Mm -hmm. How part of the default feature of the outer layer of our ego, which is the superego, right, was, it's all about judgment. It's all about trying to keep you egoically in your lane according to the rules and the conditioning of your childhood. Mm -hmm. That might have been appropriate then, but certainly can't guide you into the life beyond ego or in the life of ego relaxation. Mm -hmm that asks us to let go of shame and judgment altogether, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The judgment and shame of ourselves and one and one of everything. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn that principle of learning to not attack or shame ourselves for where, what we find out. Because judgment and attack and shame will shut down any continual learning and growth and seeing and opening. Yeah. And so that's really key in order for us to to know where we need to go. Mm -hmm. And then we need the humility. That's really all about not just, oh, let me you know, like bow and take on the posture of the humility that we might think of. But mm -hmm. humility is really about mystery mm -hmm. and helping us be with what we don't know. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say, I don't know, yeah. without shame. I experience humility as a genuine softening that I feel physically as oh, well. Yeah. How do you feel that? I mean, I literally feel just a, a physical softening through my whole body oh. when, I, when I'm when i choosing to like uh, be reminded that humility is a way to go, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and it takes a lot of pressure off. Totally. That we don't have to know everything or be superhuman yeah. all the time. But in most of us, though, we've been, the way we've been conditioned in 
our classroom mm -hmm. is when questions asked, mm -hmm. there's a right answer and a wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And often we feel judged or shamed if we don't know when we get the wrong answer. Or you're, or you're encouraged to be the best. Right, yeah. but that cuts us off. We have a little waterfall. <laughs> it comes I'll and goes. That pass. <laughs> Ways of being in a natural surrounding is sometimes nature it will take oh, over. Yeah, just stop and let it be. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about humility. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, the body when when humility really opens up, I can be with I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Even though that usually feels really vulnerable at mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. It's helped me to be with that without judgment or shame and just open into the not knowing space mm -hmm. because for me often grace comes most alive when i'm willing to admit i don't know mm -hmm. and you know there's so many things we don't know and not presume mm -hmm. oh let me try to find something that seems to fit which is coming back into a concept and slapping a concept on the moment mm -hmm. but hanging out mm -hmm. in not knowing and in, with a prayerful way mm -hmm. of I'm really open. Mm -hmm. I would love to really understand this, mm -hmm. or to be moved in an, in the direction that brings more wisdom and clarity and goodness forward in this specific situation. And find myself in there. So for me, I I've had moments, and this relates to a moment with another and very enlightened feminine being who's now passed. But her name was Shiva Shakti Amaya. She was a saint, a female saint in Tiruvannamalai, India. And for me, she felt like sitting with Ramana Maharshi, but in the feminine form. And again, she didn't speak, but she walked into the room and everyone would be closed in meditation, eyes closed. Her presence walking through and just felt like this profoundly cool, calm breeze moving and she'd sit and then just look at us and like, whoa, I mean, Things would just burn up, be seen, let go, tears would be pouring down my face, and then 20 minutes later she'd walk out, and I felt like I'd just been through a cosmic car wash. <laughs> right? Inside and out. Totally. <laughs> and the blessing of being able to experience that mm -hmm. and understand that that's possible, that our, our depth of embodiment can become that open. That we don't even, it, we don't, it doesn't matter what we say. Mm -hmm. We don't even need to say it. Our quality of being becomes that beautiful and open that it can transform. One waterfalls. Let's think of it a moment. Yeah, that our quality of being can become that deep and wide and open that it can transmit heavenly qualities that can just give off an exquisite fragrance and impact other beings around us in ways that bring healing, truth, beauty, clarity. Mm -hmm. And that that's the possibility mm -hmm. for all of us. That is the highest embodiment for us to become that free and clear and open. Mm -hmm. But what comes through is just beauty and gifts and grace. So which pillars should we go through? Yes. So we've been 
to trust, love of the truth, curiosity, non-attack, humility, and then last two are willingness and patience. So willingness requires, I want it. It matters to me that I'm being real. It matters to me that I'm telling the truth. I Willingness is I'm willing mm -hmm. to show up and do the work. Mm -hmm. And even though I stumble, and even though I might mess up 10 times, 20 million times a day, mm -hmm. I'm coming again to explore what it means to live from my death mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. With the humility that I might not even know what that actually means or looks like, but I'm willing. Mm -hmm. And so Course in Miracles speaks of this as the little willingness. I love that. They say it again. The little willingness. The little willingness. But we don't even have to be completely willing because none of us are. <laughs> Just a little willingness will do. Mm -hmm. Just a little willingness to, to be open into something that is not coming from our past, mm -hmm. something that is not just another slapping a principle on it, mm -hmm. something that is really sincere and pure. Be open, be willing to be informed and led and guided into being through a grace that is not of your personal effort or your mind. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Really. And so, of course, that means we have to work through our willfulness, mm -hmm. our, our issues about control. Mm -hmm. When you look at all our ego stuff that gets in the way, mm -hmm. it's usually a strategy of control. Yeah, It's absolutely. usually a little somebody who learned this particular way of trying to control their experience or their environment. Mm -hmm. And now it's just limiting the possibilities, mm -hmm. right? And it's locking us down into less than graceful ways of being. And we all have that. Mm -hmm. And so we need to catch ourselves in the act, see that for what it is, and develop the musculature of willingness to not just defend that, mm -hmm. but like, oh, I'm willing. So often, for example, there's so many times in the course of any given day where I honestly don't know what to say or do next. Mm -hmm. And I spend most of my days being with people in some of the deepest terrains, you know, people who are. Yeah. As do I. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyone. Uh, so I'm spending time with people in heartbreak and mm -hmm. loss and mm -hmm. confusion. And, health you know, issues that health are Health issues big. that are very mm -hmm. stressful and mm -hmm. scary and painful. Yeah. Or, you know, a lot of the people that I work with are leaders. Leaders in their field? In their field. Mm -hmm. Who are doing, carrying big responsibility. Yeah. They're trying to do good things in this world. Mm -hmm. And... They need a place mm -hmm. where they can unpack what's going on that is limiting their capacity to bring forth their best mm -hmm. at work or at home. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, often I really don't know what I need in this moment. And so I train myself to just not presume I have any idea and just say a prayer like, I'm willing. Put the thoughts into my mouth and the words onto my lips that are truly helpful. Mm -hmm. And I don't even presume I know what truly helpful is. So that's willingness in action. Mm -hmm. Or we're confronted with a very tricky situation. Maybe, you know, when we're dealing with a health issue, anyone who's gone through a big medical event knows that inevitably it's scary, it's vulnerable, 
and the experts that you might consult usually don't agree with one another or, or don't know what to do <laughs> or they don't agree with one another yeah there's a very different protocol mm -hmm. for dealing with this this or this yeah but the real thing is well what's the one that's going to be best for me yeah and so we have to take in all of these opinions deal with our fear and really ask move me in the direction that is going to be best for me here mm -hmm. that is really going to be helpful mm -hmm. and to listen to that and not get in the way mm -hmm. right, through our anxiety you know, trying to control it mm -hmm. and then of course that interacts with patience mm -hmm. because we need to see that ultimately deepening as a human being is all about surrender and that whether we want to surrender or not it's not optional for human beings everyone is not going to get to choose the moment of their death we do not get to choose who we fall in love with and when that happens, who our children are, the most important things about life. It is up to the, the mystery of life and the cosmic control center, whatever, whatever, <laughs> and whatever, whatever you, you hold that, but there, um. there is something bigger than our little egos that are really running the show. Yes. And the primary problem we have is that we think otherwise. Yes. And so the name of all of it comes down to surrender and surrender isn't something that we can be in control of. It is a yielding, a recognition, I'm not in charge. I never have been. And therefore, I can show up, I can cultivate these qualities, I can do my best, I can be sincere, I can, I can really give it my best. Mm -hmm. And what stays, what gets healed, what goes and how that all lands and mm -hmm. manifests itself mm -hmm. is really in the hands of, of grace. Mm -hmm. Spirit, grace. It's really yeah. in the hands of the divine presence, grace. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, this brings us back to trust. And so often we need to learn to show up and to do our best and then to let go of any agenda. And just get real present. Yeah. Yeah. But that's patience. Yeah. To persist without the push mm -hmm. but to persist mm -hmm. to do our part mm -hmm. not just get into passivity right but also to know look this is this is an ongoing you know being a graceful human being is every moment of your life mm -hmm. it's not something that you get within a year and then you get to you know have the house Check and the off. car and right now I'm gonna now I'm really enlightened now yeah. and I have everything I always wanted. It's not about you having everything you always wanted. It's about you being the highest manifestation that you were born to be. Not because it makes you fulfilled necessarily, but because that's your destiny. And that's everyone's destiny. I mean can I can we unpack this a little? Yeah. Because, you know, I come from you know, my roots in my cultural roots comes from a lot of Christianity in my mom's side uh -huh. in particular. And then a lot of, but mystical, mystics, uh -huh. you know, they took it to that level of being my, mysticism. Yeah, lovely. It was beautiful. And that led to my, my mom's side ending up in Fintorn and me being born in a right. pretty amazing community. Mm -hmm. My papa's side, though, they were 
explorers. They really took it to the level of let's go out into the desert and see if aliens come. <laughs> like, oh, like, let's go to this Hindu temple. Let's go to the gospel center, you know. Oh. And they were exploring a lot with the, the kids in, in, in that part of my family to see what would emerge for them spiritually that felt authentic and spoke their language. So there's, I've been open to many things in my lifetime because I was also kind of born into many opportunities for mm -hmm. how it could be explored. Um, but one thing that I've really um, kind of grappled with is I hear the part of what you're saying that's uh, receiving this essence or this grace that is an intelligence beyond what our limited perspectives can offer I also have this sense of, um, like when it's who am I, mm -hmm. I do have a sense of an I, even in the midst of a sense of, of a continuum that's much bigger and wiser and interconnected than just the I. Yeah. So it feels to me that there's this dynamic relationship going on in how things actually manifest. Not mm -hmm. that I'm in control, mm -hmm. but that there's an obvious, um, essential, profound, continuous mm -hmm. relationship occurring. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's because I'm part of nature like the birds and the bees are. Uh -huh. But I, but there's this interesting ability to have this consciousness around it mm -hmm. that can sort of take me in and out of being fully cosmically merged mm -hmm. or also just having the experience of the I having the experience. Mm -hmm. Does mm -hmm. this make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wonder how you hold that. Like, Well, I think that we're fully... My own, I'll just speak from my own experience. Yeah. So I think it, there's arcs to the process of evolution. Mm -hmm. So at first we're approaching the spiritual path usually from the perspective I'm a separate entity mm -hmm. and I'm trying to sort of wanting to refine and open and come home spiritually. Yeah. So it's a journey to whatever you want to call it, home, God, the divine, mm -hmm. who you really are. Mm -hmm. And when we kind of start getting close to the depth of that, it opens up non, what's called non-dual or unitive experience. Mm -hmm. So it becomes, a, a, oh, the perspective change. What was maybe glimpsed in the background or as a possibility of unity, mm -hmm. that becomes more foreground, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's usually a big process because when it goes really deep, it's not just that we're having, we're someone who's having unitive experience, experiencing unity and interconnectedness that i'm not really fundamentally separate from you mm -hmm. that we are all as zogchen puts it multiple displays in the one fabric of being and who did you quote zogchen there's a perspective in zogchen mm -hmm. multiple displays that your being my being the plants being every being the doggy we are all multiple displays but the content, the fabric of what we are is one fabric, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And that's so another analogy that most of us could relate to even if we hadn't had the experience, and we've all had the experience of observing the ocean. Yeah. And yet every wave is unique, mm -hmm. but every wave is an arising of the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's one ocean. There is no separate wave really, mm -hmm. although it is distinct and manifesting uniquely in that moment. Mm -hmm and rising and falling and being reabsorbed, but it's still all one ocean. And so it shows us that ultimately the experience of duality, I'm separate and I'm opening towards unity, and when it actually opens up, I am the one, but I'm manifesting in this unique 
kind of location and moment and way inversion is not actually two uh-huh, uh-huh. So we don't need to get rid of the duality. It comes back to ego relaxation. We don't need to get rid of the ego. Okay. But we understand that it has a purpose in the ordinary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If we want to interact in the world, it usually helps to have a name, mm-hmm. right? And a postal address, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And a title. And then it's like it gives us a way to interact and relate in the ordinary way, in a functional way. Mm -hmm. I mean, just try to live in the West without a name or a postal address. You're going to have trouble. True. It's not going to work very well. Yeah. Right? And so if we don't diss that, we understand it has a purpose and a place, only we, inside of ourselves, we know that doesn't represent the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Who we are is deeper than those things that have been put on. Mm -hmm. We might change address many times. I've moved country twice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our, I, we start to identify more with the depth of our being that isn't bound mm-hmm. by time, form, name, mm-hmm. impression, culture. Mm-hmm. But that gives us a way to live fully mm-hmm. all the particularities, mm-hmm. to show up as a good citizen mm-hmm. in our country in a caring and intelligent way, mm-hmm. right? to pay our bills and and keep our word mm-hmm. right do what we said we were going to do mm-hmm. be honest mm-hmm. right these things are still important well as you say this what popped in is i've had this challenge with the concept of time my uh-huh. whole life uh-huh. <laughs> but particularly i'm i'm more sensitive to it as i've gotten older also having being a mom having mm-hmm. a son having more responsibilities to manage I don't like to be late, mm-hmm. you know, quote, late, because mm-hmm. it's part of me that never thinks anything's really late. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize that being late in terms of what other people are perceiving totally. as time is disrespectful. That's right. right? Yeah. So it impacts other people. Totally. Right, so it means that if you're late, yeah. it's your impact is less than a blessing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's really the bottom line. If you're, mm-hmm. As we go further and deeper on the spiritual path, we realize it's not really about you. Yeah. That what happens as we do the cleanup, mm-hmm. we grow up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're not coming from our conditioning that inevitably is coming from the place of a young child that's upset about what it did or didn't get, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. adapted accordingly. Mm-hmm. Then we can look at ourselves and go, oh, why am I late? What's mm-hmm. it really about for me? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. What's it about? What do I need? Mm-hmm. Once I see that, that the impact of that is not affects others in a way that isn't optimal, Mm -hmm. that isn't congruent with your loving nature Mm -hmm. and with your spiritual commitment Mm -hmm. to be a blessing Mm -hmm. and nothing less, Mm -hmm. then we can just go, oh, what's going on with me? Mm -hmm. And what do I need? So I a little challenge over time too. So I started to see, okay, whatever the time is I've said I'm getting, I have to back it up by half an hour. That's a good one. That's what I have to do. You know, and so, okay, I'll end that. <laughs> All right, that's how I manage it. Mm-hmm. And whether that's that you set your clock back or whether you just know when you set 11, that means for you 10.30, mm-hmm. then you're going to be there at 11. Mm-hmm. Right. Or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So we can just look at things cleanly and see what has to happen. Yeah. Because I think that the work, and especially now in this time, where I personally feel what's important is not just the work, the journey up the mountain. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to go up the mountain, metaphorically speaking, 
to purify and open up and clarify and evolve in our consciousness and experience the truth of who we really are underneath the dust, the dusty garments of our personality. Mm -hmm. But we also need to come down from the mountain to bring back from those higher spiritual experiences the learning and the wisdom that ultimately ends up being very practical. Mm -hmm. I mean, paradoxically, mm -hmm. it ends up like, okay, show up, be mm -hmm. real, be in this moment. I mean, it's easy to say that, yeah. but to actually be that yeah. is deep spiritual practice. I have to say, um, when I feel very much in a state of awareness of grace, mm -hmm. there's a, a very amazing experience of how time does shift. Mm -hmm. And there, I watch how it feels like it's bending. Mm -hmm. like, like, it feels like sometimes I'm like, what could have been a short time grew longer. Yeah, right. You know, what, what be, yeah, was time long. morphs and changes. And yeah. then sometimes it disappears altogether. I'm sure yeah. you've had this experience in meditation. Very much so. Me too. Yeah, often. Right, which is why sometimes you, you, know, you need to meditate with a timer on. Yes. <laughs> so because that happens as we come out of the identity of separation, mm -hmm our experience and perception of time morphs and changes, mm -hmm. right? And yet, nevertheless, we're still here on Earth. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not living in a monastery. Mm -hmm. You're raising a kid. Mm -hmm. You have important relationships mm -hmm. that matter to you, yeah. as do I. Yeah. And, you know, embodying my spirituality means dedicating my, for me personally, means dedicating myself to being nothing but a blessing. I really appreciate nothing you say about that. a blessing, mm -hmm. and that's that's important to me. It might not be so important to others, but that's really my deep, ongoing prayer that I'm interested to live into as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Not that I hit the mark every day; I often fall short. But it's my benchmark of what it means really to be an awake, embodied, graceful human being. Mm -hmm. So that I can show up yeah. in life yeah. from that, from infused by the grace of my inner life and spiritual practice. Mm. And that's the point, not just to have beautiful experiences. That's mm. great. You can take a psychedelic for that. That's very useful. <laughs> yeah. But does it come forward and infuse the rest of your life with wisdom and truth or not? A dear friend and scholar, um, Robert Bernberg, used to say to a lot of the students that we'd work with, uh, he'd come into university with me where we'd teach a program, and he'd say, uh, and he got this from one of his teachers, um, that you, you know if your yoga is working for you because your relationships will reflect that. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say too is, yeah, all those relationships in your life will flow and reflect that this is more, this is harmoniously working for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not to say it's going to be easy all the time. No, it won't be easy all no. the time, but life isn't easy no. all the time. But there's still, there could be still a sense of flow and knowing that this is like, yes, you know, even when it's harsh or ouch, you yeah. know, and, and that's, there's something about that. Like you can feel still the state of grace as that's unfolding. Yeah. And it sometimes the grace has a fierceness to it, mm -hmm. where it's really the grace operating through life, saying it's time to address this little part of your shadow here. Yeah, It's time to look at that and look at it really and deeply and meet it all the way. Understand it, 
meet it with love, mm -hmm. forgive yourself in that particular pocket that's been hard for you. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't stop. I mean, I know for myself, like every now and again, okay, this, wow. And whether you thought you'd done with that piece of your history or that pocket of your personality, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Life is showing you there's something more to see here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you take the beautiful bhavana, mm -hmm. you become that happy learner, and you say, oh, I'm willing mm -hmm. to see what needs to be seen, mm -hmm. to love what needs to be loved, mm -hmm. to forgive what needs to be forgiven, so that I can show up from my depth mm -hmm. in the most noble and beautiful way. When you described the pillars, mm -hmm. and you described the the structure of ego, mm -hmm. all the ways you're describing it sound like um, architecture. Mm -hmm. And so I, I considered, or I thought to myself, what can an architecture look like that's not too rigid, mm -hmm. too linear? Right. Well, this is why I created this. And I mm -hmm. saw them as standing stones, you mm -hmm. know, like ancient pillars, yeah. stones. I mean, mm -hmm. you and I have seen them because of being in, you know, Glastonbury, Glastonbury or Scotland, yeah. and all those places yeah. where Greece. you see them. Uh -huh. So it felt like that. And they, they revealed themselves to me mm -hmm. as I was in a process of having been very profoundly deconstructed mm -hmm. my whole identity and familiar way of navigating life and even understanding reality kind of came got completely melted after a very big experience I've had in Ramana Maharshi's cave and there was nothing that okay. it didn't touch mm -hmm. and I had to allow this process of deep deconstruction knowing in my heart of hearts yeah this is good doesn't mean it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. It was very uncomfortable mm -hmm. and emotionally challenging at times, but I still knew it was good. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of these teachings have birthed themselves out of, okay, learning to soften, open, and allow my experience, even if that means I'm feeling terrified. Mm -hmm. Okay, soften, open, allow that experience. Mm -hmm. Rather than, oh, I shouldn't be afraid. Let's try to get out of it, mm -hmm. right? No, like oh, open toward the fear. See what it's really about. Mm -hmm. Let the body and the nervous system learn to stay present even with intense emotions. Mm -hmm. Especially with intense emotions. Especially. Well, that, that sounds very easy, and it's not easy. Yeah. We have to learn that, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. we can, and that's what's amazing. Our neurology is neuroplastic. We can learn, you know, and practices like yoga teach us how. Mm -hmm. To a degree. Um, to a I will degree. say that um, I got into yoga so young mm -hmm. that I learned how to use, get really comfortable in my body in certain ways, mm -hmm. to get into the energetics and ecstatic in huge ways. Mm -hmm. But my emotional and kind of structural mm -hmm. aspects needed some more time. Yeah. Like my like sure. there's something in the there's network. The patience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, you can't push it. Yeah. But see what mm -hmm. I meant about practices like yoga help, because I started studying yoga and I had an amazing teacher way back in the day. And, you know, he would always come to me as my body was young then and he'd tap my toe and he'd say, Miranda, where are you? Your body's doing gymnastics. This is yoga. <laughs> there's no awareness in your toe. Where are you? Nice. Oh God, it was so amazing. He was that I've never forgotten that instruction and he was right on. Awesome. And of course, so when we're young, we have a lot of pride mm -hmm. because our body is flexible and capable and mm -hmm. hasn't had injuries yet and we're just doing stuff. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we're actually spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. But inevitably there's postures that our body doesn't do so easily. Mm -hmm. 
And our ego wants us just to avoid doing that posture. Mm -hmm. But if we avoid that posture, there's no development and growth. Mm -hmm. So we need to go into the things that aren't so easy. And a good yoga instructor will invite us to just go as far as we can go, stay there and breathe. Mm -hmm. So you're going towards it, but you're not pushing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden things open up. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I understood that viscerally a long time ago and it became very foundational in the perspective of how we can work with those junctures in our soul life where it's vulnerable or scary or there's hurt or there's stress or there's fear or there's anger, you know. And I so I saw this coming back to the architecture. Yeah. You know, I see like our ego structure is a sort of tangled ball of wool and barbed wire and like a little bit of this, a little mishmash of all sorts of stuff. It's a network. And then over the top of that, it's like a condom. It's a super ego with a knot at the base at the generals and a kind of pressure plug at the head. It's kind of holding the whole kind of loopy kind of weird structure together. right? And then these standing stones are around it with a lot of space, but it's a holding. Okay. So these qualities that to develop trust, we have to work through a bunch of stuff to yeah. develop level trust. So we have to work through issues that are going to be there. But ultimately, when these qualities really opening up, they become qualities of presence, mm -hmm. qualities of spiritual depth that have a holding function mm -hmm. where we can then allow the ego structure to relax and melt and open up mm -hmm. because that is held within something that is deep, real, loving, true, and spacious. Mm -hmm. You mentioned several times earlier the word of bhavana. Mm -hmm. Some people don't know what that is. Yeah, it means attitude. Sanskrit, yeah. Yes, bhavana yeah. is mm -hmm. like a kind of, it's like a, a beautiful attitude. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a noble attitude. Mm -hmm. um, I was taught it as an inner visualization, but I see it as beyond vision. It's, yes. it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a holding of a certain quality or an essence yeah. or containing a certain awareness of something. Yeah. Yeah. I see that as more as a beautiful attitude that isn't, it's not just a thought. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more of a quality of heart, really. Mm -hmm. But that it also helps direct the, the, the mind and direct the will mm -hmm. in a particular way that is serving us to lean into our nobility rather than into our same old defenses, mm -hmm. which obviously is the well-worn pathway. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. I have a question for you that is about, um, we talked about archetypes yeah. and different aspects of the feminine. Um, we touched upon the fact that there's a softness that's often a, a corresponding with the idea of feminine. Mm -hmm. it, people can often think of it as yin in nature, mm -hmm. which is mostly receptive in nature. Yes. As opposed to other aspects of goddess or feminine attributes that that play out in culture, like um, Durga Kali, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that set boundaries, the mm -hmm. ones that, that have um, definitive sword in hand, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. get through the bullshit. Yep. And um, I see that play out in nature in ways that are really awesome and powerful. And sometimes there's not a place for it that's honored in the human form as well, mm -hmm. right? So mama bear, that idea. Like mm -hmm. I had a, an experience recently where the mama bear came up for me big and fierce 
in response to things going on with my son with River and wanted to protect him you yeah. know and I felt like I had a sword literally in my hand yeah that's the Durga Shakti yeah and the Durga so I mean, you and I both have been very influenced by the you know the Vedic Hindu on the cosmology that has a very profound understanding of the divine feminine mm -hmm. which is the feminine Shakti right the that which brings the higher qualities into dynamic existence in the manifest world. So I understand these not just as archetypes, that's way too small a lens for me personally. Thank you. Because I experience them as very real aspects of my nature. Mm -hmm. So this was the aspect of Durga that is the, the feminine Shakti that is part of your essence mm -hmm. arising because that's what's needed mm -hmm. in service to your son. So the Durga is, is she's the protector mm -hmm. and she can come through and be fierce and strong mm -hmm. and unflinching and courageous in a situation that requires for that. Mm -hmm. And boy, you know, that's a very profound and important embodiment of the divine feminine that is there in every woman and man. Yes, because Thank you this is both. not about genitals. Thank you. This doesn't. It's not limited mm -hmm. to someone who's in a male body or a female body. I see it more as a responsibility of an understanding and embodying it aspect of, of nature. Yes, of our true nature. Yeah. Yeah. Which is in women and in men. Completely. And in anyone that calls themselves they. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, for example, I work a lot with mantra. I know you do too. I have mm -hmm. an album called Streams of Grace, Mantra Medicine for Yoga and Inner Peace. And on that album are deep transmissions that involve a Durga mantra, a Lakshmi mantra, a Tara mantra, you know, aspects to the deep feminine mm -hmm. and so it's about awakening those qualities of our essential shakti in us to come alive mm -hmm. so we can feel and sense wow what the quality of strength is when it's not polluted by ego anger right mm -hmm. what lakshmi is which is the infinite love and generosity that brings ease and harmony and abundance that just quells completely quenches the sense the spiritual impoverishment that is so pervading our world that is the consciousness of lack i don't have enough mm -hmm. i'm not enough mm -hmm. that is surely what's driving the rampant materialism sure. the hunger for more mm -hmm. in the world out there that can never really satisfy us mm -hmm. Right, that's polluting our planet, mm -hmm. that culture, mm -hmm. that consciousness that's having us want more all the time. Mm -hmm. It's unsustainable. Absolutely. Right? And so Mahalakshmi is what is unfolding all of nature. And if we were only to open up and go, wow, what luscious beauty and goodness we are already being in. held in. Held in. Mm -hmm. And that it's trying to say to us, Take this into your body, let it nourish your body with the goodness. Let it penetrate your heart mm -hmm. with the fact of loving goodness. Mm -hmm. Even though you might not always get what you want, you know, if you take that in, you're going to be much more at ease and at peace mm -hmm. with whatever does or doesn't happen in the relationships. Mm -hmm. Take it into your mind so your mind becomes open and radiant and you see 
But it's not just about you having what you want, it's about you sharing mm -hmm. in some way. And what is your uh, um, relationship with Tara? Well, she's to me the divine feminine that that helps us to truly deal with and, and move beyond fear and its root causes. Mm. And it's some form of fear that is often the root of the trouble for most of us. Either fear of facing ourselves, fear of what we don't yet understand, fear of the past, fear of the future, fear that we're not good enough, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, just look at it and mm -hmm. you see, mm -hmm. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so to me, she's that presence that is all-pervading, that is trying to help humanity, what I call an experience from the Tara in me. She's trying to help the precious children of humanity to address and li be liberated from fear so that they can become the embodiment of Tara. Mm -hmm. They can become loving, compassionate, beautiful human beings. Mm -hmm. I'd like to bring up one other aspect of feminine that touched me deeply when I learned about it, her, this. <laughs> um, when I was very young and learning more about Tantra, mm. um, I remember being taught about Dakinis. Mm. And I've always been fascinated. I spent time trying to research it. And I frankly have had trouble, even through scholar friends, um, when it came to finding much specificity. Mm -hmm. Because I know that there were ancient traditions that were mentioned of um, like, for example, a warrior going off to war, mm -hmm. coming back and not being really um, invited back into their community and their homes with their children and wives even until they pass through temple time with the Dakini mm -hmm. that would help um, prepare them mm -hmm. to be able to step back into mm -hmm. that experience. I've Because it touched me so deeply to learn about that at a young age, I have to say, it felt like something that became a role of mine in my own unfolding in my life to play a bit of that role with people. And uh, as profound as it's been to share that in some of my most loving relationships, it was also, um, I think it's something that can be really misunderstood, and particularly in Western culture. And I think there are many women that I've met that resonate with this concept or idea of something like a dakini that would be preparing and supporting people through transitions mm -hmm. or transit um, transformational mm -hmm. um, moments, ritualistically supporting their transformational moments. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder if you could speak to that at all from your own experiences. Well, I mean, I wouldn't use the term dakini for myself because mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't feel that it's appropriate for me to really claim that term given that it's not really the lineage that I've, I'm coming out of mm -hmm. but I would do see that as women part of the deep feminine has understanding about things that aren't about words that are about the non-linear mm -hmm. about touch presence gaze love things that can't be spoken of really but that can be shared energetically. Mm -hmm. And so human sexuality is one way that that can open up and be shared, as is, you know, and maybe we've all had experiences like that, having healing exchanges happen through a certain kind of sexual encounter. And I'm not even talking about sexual. Well, I know, but yeah. I'm, I'm just mentioning that uh -huh. 
big to make it not necessarily a bit more concrete because mm -hmm. these are terms that I'm sure most people wouldn't necessarily like what's the word Dakini even mean right right yeah so I would say that you know in in most cultures mm -hmm. there's a role of a shaman or someone who understands things where that aren't necessarily of this ordinary world mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. where there's a need for some kind of process that is about an exchange between subtle non-physical dimensions mm -hmm. and this being here in this human physical interpersonal dimension mm -hmm. and so we see that that's there and I was talking last night at the dinner table what it was like to be at Burning Man mm -hmm. and one of the things you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about Burning Man, but one phenomena there that I think is profound and unlike anything I've ever seen is that every year they build a temple. Mm -hmm. And that this temple is made of plywood and the architecture is mind-blowing and beautiful. And there's no rules about how people should engage, behave or interact with the temple. Only that everyone kind of knows you kind of be quiet there. Mm -hmm. So people, you see people meditating, but on the walls of the temple, people write letters to loved ones. I have seen memorial plaques there. I have seen the most exquisitely intimate and beautiful letters written to like a former lover with reflection and, and healing words being said, even though they probably will never see or hear from that person again, there's this spiritual conduit and holding place for really important things we humans go through that need a place mm -hmm. and need a holding need a conduit for mm -hmm. so whether that conduit is a temple that where we can go to and we can be with things like that we can express them we can have it held mm -hmm. with no one telling us it's right or wrong we should or we shouldn't or we can be met by another human being that just understands and can be with us, maybe in a non-linear way, and just be with us mm -hmm. in where we might be that might not have words, mm -hmm. but needs to be understood. And loved. And loved, mm -hmm. and just helped. Yeah. We are, I often think that, you see, we're, human beings are so relational in our nature. And I think that part of what the power of the feminine is, is the feminine is built for relationships. We have an innate relational intelligence that I don't know enough about the brain, but the little I know to be dangerous is that the female brain is different. And one of the ways it's different is the part of the brain that relates to emotions tends to have more going on in it, mm -hmm. right? Than it does in men's. And that doesn't mean that there's any superiority and who knows how that would be in someone that experiences himself more as a they, in more of a gen, a, a less, you know, more in the middle of the spectrum. I, I don't know. But what I know from my experience is that there is a relational intelligence in the feminine embodiment that's really powerful and important. Mm -hmm. And it's an intelligence that can be with things, mm -hmm. deep things. Mm -hmm. And understand that sometimes what's healing is just the being there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the doing it. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily to be fixed. Mm -hmm. But we heal presence. when there's presence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So that's for me what's important. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see veterans coming back from war having that kind of possibility, whether it's coming from a man or a woman, but someone with whom they can be seen and met with in where they are, in what their experience is, what they've lived to. And similar, you know? Mm -hmm. Or beings just knowing that there's been times of pain. Absolutely. That just or really has gone to, through a divorce. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether you've gone through a divorce. I'm sure you've had your fair share uh -huh. of painful relationships. <laughs> but yes. anyone who's gone through a big divorce, whether you chose that or you didn't. Yes. It's so enormous. Oof. And so unacknowledged in terms of where that takes us. And how profound, how, how we need a certain kind of presence and contact in those spaces where we're going through something that's enormous and that affects us on every level. Mm -hmm. I mean, a divorce, for example, affects us socially, emotionally, sexually, physically, spiritually, financially, and in the structure of our life. And literally changes your home in many cases. Well, like your whole idea of home. You know, yes. where's my home? Right. Totally, all of it changes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Powerful. Yeah, very. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, <laughs> talking about all sorts of things here, but yeah, I hope it's been juicy. <laughs> I hope it's been meaningful for you. It's been fun. Totally. Just to sit here and riff like this. Yeah. 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 I hope we get to share time again with this. Of course, we will. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you, listener. And I just you. want to um, remind people how they can best find you. Yeah. So. Easy. My website is www.mirandamacpherson. M-I-R-A-N-D-A-M-A-C. P-H-E-R-S-E-N. Yeah, okay. that's the best way. Best way. And then uh, just want to remind people that if this touched you, to please like it or share it and uh, turn people on to the works of Miranda because I must say, uh, I am continuously awed, so full of gratitude for your teachings and the way you remind me of what is most helpful and useful you know with a lot of what i'm working through in my own life so i personally just want to thank you so much <laughs> and likewise you you're helping me with health stuff that's yeah. been beautiful and very grateful hey friend thank you for meeting with me and my guests go to tarawellness.com to join my newsletter and find out what else i'm offering please like and follow this podcast Check out the Tara Gold Wellness video version on YouTube and follow me at Tara Gold Wellness on Instagram and TikTok. Let's keep meeting at home. Home is where.